we want to thank that works. Now, this is a play on words here. Uh, you'll get what I mean in a second. If you would, uh, let's go to James. James chapter 2. And then you'll, you'll get it. Oh, I know that you Well, some of y'all, others have to catch up. But faith that works, right? We will be reading uh, scripture here, uh, verses, uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Faith that works. I like, I like that. That makes a lot more sense. Uh, it's a lot less, uh, let's see. Uh, it's a lot less <coughs> scary or intrusive, so to speak, uh, than what we read uh, that might, might terrify us here. Uh, but faith that works, that's a sentence that makes sense to you. You want faith that works. Working faith. Um, so just keep that in your mind as we go through James chapter 2, uh, starting verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, that a man may say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? And one of you, uh, if, a, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you, uh, thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is a, a one God, uh, that there is one God, thou doest well. But devils also believe in tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeing thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see, then, how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise, also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Right? Let's go to the Lord and pray about these verses. Father, uh, thank you for your word today, God. I pray that you, uh, you just heal the ground of our heart. Father, break up all the ground in our hearts. Let this word just penetrate. And, uh, uh, and let your word be planted in it, Father, that it may grow and produce good fruit. In Jesus, not in us. Amen. <coughs> Faith that works. Right? You show me your works, I'll show you my faith by my works. It's a faith that works. Um, and that, that phrase is much easier. A faith that works, then uh, <coughs> without faith your works, or without works your, your, your faith is dead, right? Um, so it's a faith that works. When we buy things, when we get things, we want it to work properly, right? Um, and if you have proper faith, then it will work, Amen. okay? It will be 
It will work effectively. It will work the exact way God wants it to work. Um, it, it, would, it, it can do all things. Nothing will be impossible to you. Okay? If you have a faith that works. Um, and so we're going to dive in to these stories here. We see there uh, that Abraham was mentioned, right? So that's exactly uh, where we're going to go here. <clears throat> we'll go to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read real quick the story of Abraham. Because in the scripture, it says there in verse, uh, in James 20, uh, let's see, <clears throat> 23, right? Or 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So let's go to that story. That's exactly what James is describing and talking about. Let's get a mental image and picture of what faith that works look like. Okay? Faith that works. If you go to Genesis chapter 22. And we'll be starting in verse 1. We do have it on the screen if you want to follow along. But if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 22. You there say amen? Amen. amen. Genesis chapter 22. We're going to go down to uh, verse 18 here. Starting in verse 1. And it came to pass, after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I, Lord. Now we got to stop there. God tempts no man, right? You know that scripture. So how did he tempt Abraham? If you look up the Hebrew word, it means test. Okay. Just look it up. It's a quick check. Um, God is testing <coughs> Abraham here, which he will do to all of our faith, right? The testing of your faith will produce, right? Mm -hmm. uh, patience, etc. And so uh, God is testing, not tempting, testing Abraham here. You look up the Hebrew definition. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you. <coughs> Abraham rose early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two young of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God hath told him. Then, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So see, Abraham is already expecting. Let's see this. I love this. Abraham has faith. Why, how does he have faith? He's talking to God. Mm -hmm. He believes that God is. He has faith. He has faith in God. God speaks to him and says, All right, Abraham, I need you to do this. And what this is, is a ridiculous request. Absolutely absurd to all of our minds. Take that. Miracle child of yours. We just had a baby dedication. Uh, take Isaac, that miracle son, born of Sarah when she was 99, mm -hmm. and you go offer him up. But see what Abraham says here. Already, Abraham says, I'm allowed to go up, and then we, you see that? We will. Abraham, he already knows. Why? He knows who God is. 
He knows God's character. Scripture says he's God's friend. He knows God will not betray him. He knows God will not lead him astray. He knows God will have no plan of harm against him or his sin. I love this here. He's already saying, we're going to go. God's told me to offer back. We will be back. That's amazing. But notice how Abraham is being obedient. He is believing God, believing what God is saying, and then he is putting the rubber to the road. And th this isn't just go tell somebody about Jesus. You don't have to offer up your son to do that. This is, this is an incredible feat. Offer up your son. Well, I don't understand that, Lord, but I know you're real. I have faith in you. I'm going I'm to do this, and we will be back. He knows God will make a way. He's, there's no fear in Abraham. He knows this is the only son, this is the seed of the promise. Back in Genesis 15 is when God made the covenant, the first covenant with Abraham. He already knows. And so he has no doubt, no worry. But he puts his faith into action. And he goes to Mount Moriah. Let's see. I got to figure out where I left it off. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, and we <coughs> and worship, yeah. Go ye yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and 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 a knife and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake of Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. You understand the sense? The whole time, Abraham is already convinced. It's almost like he is, he knows what God's going to do. <coughs> you get that? Isaac is not a lamb. Isaac is his son. God asked him to offer up Isaac. But Abraham turned around and says, Don't worry about it, Isaac. God will provide us a lamb. <coughs> Well, he knows what he knows who God is. He knows God's character. He knows what God is asking of him. It's obedience in the face whatever God says, do. Whatever is required of your faith, do it. It is not enough just to believe it. If Abraham said, yeah, God, I believe everything you're saying. I'm just going to sit right here. That's not faith. And it's never been faith. That's not fear or doubt. Or disobedience. It's surely not faith. But Abraham knows what is going to happen. From the very onset. We will be back. We will come again. Don't worry, Isaac. The Lord will provide an offering, right? A lamb. Himself a lamb for burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they said, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. 
And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Yeah. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the seed of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it is said to this day in the mouth of the Lord, it shall be seen. Right? God provided. He provided a sacrifice. But it was... It was Abraham. Abraham had faith to do what God was telling him to do. It wasn't about what happened before Abraham got there, what was going on in Abraham's life where Abraham couldn't meet up. At the end of the day, it was about Abraham listening to God and doing what God told him to do in the face of of totally obliterating his seed and his promise that God made him. So, because Abraham knows God, he knows God's not going to let this happen. Sometimes we just have to convince ourselves, right? We have to expect that the Lord will not let this happen. This looks terrible. This is the worst scene out of any movie. This is the awful scene. So bad, this is this is actually what happened with God and Jesus, the Father and Jesus. This is a picture. Most theologians say that verse there that says, When Abraham seen afar off, that the uh, Hebraic language there is actually had a vision of, of the cross. That, that's what they uh, theologians say. They see, they seen it afar off. But Abraham is obedient. He is putting, he, he has a faith that works, right? Because it's not enough just to hear God and believe him. He has to work up the mountain. I mean, it's, it's like the third day. That's a long hike. <laughs> with, a, with a wonder in Isaac. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you can imagine the conversation. Well, man, uh, where's the lamb? He'll provide one. I, just, I don't know what was going through Isaac's head. It was a little curious. But he did. Abraham did not waver in his faith. He did not believe that God would actually take Isaac because he told Isaac that. God would provide a lamb. He told everybody else in the party that they would be back. He had faith that God would keep his promise. He already knew. See, you can't, you can't put two things God says and make them contrary. He already knew, he already knew through Isaac all nations would be blessed. The seed would come. The Messiah would come to the line of Isaac. Isaac was the promised son. He knew that. So he knew whatever God asked him to do, he'd already received his promise. And he already believed. And by faith, it was accounted to him righteousness. Because he believed that through Isaac, all nations would be blessed because of the faith he had towards God. And that out of Abraham would become a great nation as many as the stars. And now you yourselves are children of Abraham by your faith. He is the father of faith. It is Abraham. He is God's friend. So he knows one promise will not, God will not 
conflict his word. No, he won't. He will never. He'll never go against his word. And so Abraham knew, well, uh, God's my friend. He got this promise in the pocket. I just got to wait on it. So he knew nothing, no harm would come to Isaac. And he was obedient through that. He worked his way all the way up that night. Drew that night. And God did. Just what Abraham said. Listen, I did what Abraham said. Abraham told us God would provide himself a sacrifice. Look at that. And right up on the mountain, God provided himself a sacrifice. Just like Abraham said. When you're a friend with God, it says you're, you're not just my servants. Because I don't tell my servants what they're going to do. You're now my friends. That's what he says to his disciples. I tell you what I'm going to do. When you have a relationship with God, in trusting, He will be your best friend. He will ask you to do things in the moment you're not sure why you're doing that. But if you just see a far off and know that every promise from God is yes and amen to your life, then you can take faith. You can hold on to faith. You can have a faith that works. Abraham had a faith that worked. He believed God would provide a sacrifice, and God did. The next is my favorite. Abraham would seem more of a righteous man, being the father of faith. He was not, he was, uh, he was uh, I will say, he's, he was prosperous. God really blessed him. He was a ruler of the land. He increased and multiplied more and more. He had many sheep and cattle. Um, but I love the next example, right? Because if you look in James, and this is what I love. I love the gospel because it, it has both ends of the spectrum. Abraham, an esteemed man that left from the Arab Chaldees <clears throat> and was the father of faith and a friend of God. Oh, yeah, well, then we get to my faith. Likewise, in verse 25. Also, this is James from back here. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So let's go. The story of Rahab now concerning this, right? If you will go to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 2. We'll have it up. But if you want to follow along with the Bible, starting in verse 1. Joshua 2, verse 1. I love the extremes here because faith, <coughs> God is no, He doesn't compare people. He's no respecter of persons. So He's going to count faith to Abraham for believing that He is, just like He's going to account to Rahab the harlot. Notice, it didn't matter that Rahab was a harlot. And pretty much hid the spies in a brothel. <laughs> it didn't matter what she was doing. That's not, it's not what accounted righteousness to her. What mattered is what she believed. Let's get into the story and find out here. Wonderful story here. Faith that works. 
Because I'm, I'm trying to get the church to get away from righteousness by works. Relationship by works. Faith by works. It's not, it's, it's, it's works by faith. You gotta do. But it's just, it's so slight, so deceiving that Satan is able to deceive God's people to put Jesus on the cross. That's how deceiving this is. They knew every word of the Old Testament. They knew God's word. But they got confused when it came to faith and works. You don't work to get faith. Uh, you don't work to get faith. You just believe in the offering things you have faith. So we have to understand that we are just as Rahab the harlot was. Abraham. His sin was the same as Rahab the harlot's sin. That's what I'm saying. But when they encountered God, they did something that changed their lives. When they had faith, then that produced something different in their lives. Right? It produced a faith that works. But it is never working to gain more faith. That will lead you in a terrible circle mm -hmm. that you will never be able to, you will never mount up, you will never be good enough. And this is a lot, even, even the healing ministries that I see, it's all, if you do, then you can be a spiritualist man, you know, like I do. And it's like, I've got to throw that out the window, man. That's not what my Bible says. And it's the same for you today. You will never be able to work enough. And so, if we can change the way we think, I mean, repent. We can change the way we think and know that our righteousness is based solely on our faith. So is everything that Jesus is going to do in your life. Not by good or bad. Go out the window, good or bad. You will be a good tree when you have faith. Yeah. But if you always analyze good and bad, you get into doubt on whether God will move based on whether you've been good or bad. That's what I'm coming against. That's what will kill you. That's what will make you doubt. That's where a doubting man receives nothing from God. That's scripture. I wish I could change that, but I can't. A doubting man is like the waves of the sea and the ocean. He will receive nothing from the Lord. And all that does is questioning and, and, and thinking that that's not what God wants to do. It's that easy. It's that easy. And that's why, that's why it's so easy to be deceived by this doctrine. That you will acquire more by your own works and your own holiness. It is not true. It is only by faith. And you need a faith that works. Uh, because if you have faith, you want to be working. You watch faith. Do what faith says it will do. Or so to speak, watch Jesus. You want to be working. So, when you have faith in Jesus, you'll see him right on the side. You'll see him right in the middle. You'll see him do the impossible. But it's only while you're working. He won't do nothing if you're not working towards, working for huh? the kingdom of God. If you just sit and do nothing, nothing will happen. But if we can get a faith that says, I heard you, Lord. I got you. I'm going to take Isaac up here. Or, like Rahab. Let's get into that. <laughs> Joshua 2. And Joshua, sorry, in verse 1, the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. 
and they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Man, oh man. <coughs> them boys would have been in trouble in today's world. Some church folks would have saw them and said, mm, those filthy sinners. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men into in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thy house, for they be come to search out all the country. Uh, Rahab has the fear of the king. He knows exactly where they went. He's got his man in arm. He knows they went to her house. He is calling on Rahab. And she can be punishable for sure by death. For lying to any king. Sure. But see, Rahab knew that God was taking over. Yeah. Rahab knew that God and his people were going city to city until they made it to the promised land. See, they had heard. We'll get into that. Let's go. Uh, and the king of Jericho sent, uh, and they came to search out all the country. Yeah, verse four. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said, "There came men unto me, but I wist not. Uh, but I wist not whence they were. I don't know where they went. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out." Whither the men went, I wot not, pursue them after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax. So, you know, the corn stalks, and they're just laying underneath it right on the roof. That's the imagery there. Laying right underneath these stalks of flax. Uh, let's see here. Which she had laid in order yeah. upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up uh, unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you this land, given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. And when you came out of Egypt. And when you did. And, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites. That were on the other side of Jordan. Uh, Sihon and Og. Whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things. Our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any men because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God. Uh, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, a promise, and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brother and my sisters and all that they have. And deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours. If you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Mm -hmm. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon uh, the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she uh, and she said unto them, Get ye to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may you go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this 
line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all the father's house home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the streets, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. Oh, remember what that means. I believe. <clears throat> according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. Oh, yeah. And they went and came into the mountain, and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. The pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain, and passed over, and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. And get to the end of the story. We go to uh, Joshua chapter six. We're in this, and <clears throat> and uh, the last section. Joshua chapter six, starting in verse twenty. It's on five verses here. So the people shouted. Now, now Israel is here. They're surrounded Jericho. Rahab is on the wall with her family. She has the scarlet cord out the window. Scarlet representing. The blood for sure. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> this is a harlot. She is choosing to disobey her king in order to obey the God of Israel. She said that she heard and she knows. She she heard and believed, right? She said, your God is the God that is in heaven and in earth. Rahab believed. The fact that she was a harlot was irrelevant. It actually doesn't even go into it. It just says she was a harlot. It doesn't get into the details of her life before or after this. But it says she was saved. By her faith, and God made sure to write it in history mm -hmm. that this heart would remain in the Word of God for all time. Yeah. Just like Abraham. <coughs> we have a little more details on Abraham. But Rahab remains. Even though it's just this little story, she remains times. Joshua 6 20. So they're surrounded. So the people shouted. This is the seventh time around, seventh trumpet blown. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout, that wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. And they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both men and women, young and old. And uh, ox and sheep and ass and with the edge of the sword. That Joshua had said unto two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, bring her out thence with uh, the woman. Bring and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as he swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in, brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brother and all that she had, and they brought out her kindred. And left them uh, without on the outside the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire. And all that there was therein. And only the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron. They put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. And her father's household. And all that she had. And she dwelt in Israel even unto this day. Because she hid the messengers which Joshua 
sent to spy out. So actually, it does give a little insight for God. She stayed with Israel, just like Gentiles were allowed to do. She made a covenant. She lived with them. Recorded in history. Now, was what Rahab dealing with, with her faith, was it based on bad and good decisions? No. It was based on believing God, right? And doing what she knew she had to do. Doing what the Lord was telling her to do. It was based on faith. That's why Rahab makes it into Hebrews. It was based on faith. And so all of our actions, we can base them on faith. Whether you're highly esteemed like Abraham, you wouldn't have the looks of Rahab because you just didn't live that life, and that's okay. You still need faith. Or you're just as scarlet as Rahab. And you have lived that type of life. The end is the same when it comes to faith. You're accepted and loved and saved by God. I'm going to go to the New Testament and we'll end with this passage. In 1 Corinthians, starting in chapter 1, verse 10. Beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you uh, saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Was Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God I baptized none of you, saying, say, uh, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Why is it foolish? Because God is doing such extraordinary, impossible things, it's hard to believe. But if you believe, that same God will fight for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? If you have the God of all creation, it's just like Rahab. 
wasn't based on what Rahab was doing. It was based on what Rahab believed. Same with Abraham. Was it based on what he was doing? It was based on what he believed. And that made his faith work. That made everything he'd done pleasing to God. Because he was doing it by faith. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. So when you, in all that you do, all your workings, do it in faith. That it may be pleasing to God, but you can never receive faith by working more. That is exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Get more faith by doing more. No, you need to come back to the simplicity of the gospel. It's in Christ and Him crucified. It is what He did that was more than what we could all do. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jew a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty, the base things of this world, and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, sanctification and redemption, that according to as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God is always choosing weak and foolish things to, to just conquer everything. Just to t- flip the script, so to speak. Because the world will look on the church and say, it's just foolishness. It's this and it's that. But at the end of the day, we have faith. And when we have faith, our God can do abundantly above what we ask for. We should put our faith in Jesus, in the power of God. God said, Paul says it's not even about good preaching. <laughs> I didn't come here with enticing words. Man's wisdom. It's Christ and crucified. What that cross means is that you can have faith with God. And if you just agree together, anything you ask, he'll do it. He'll show up for you just like he showed up for Rahab. Just like he showed up for Isaac's sake, for Abraham. Just like he showed up for everyone in this book that had faith. But it's got to be a faith that works, right? You have to hear what God is calling you to do. See, because you all have a calling, brother. If you say, well, he ain't calling me, he don't know. If he's calling Rahab, he's calling you. <laughs> right? You might not be an Abraham, but uh, hopefully you're not Rahab, but it doesn't matter either way. 
Maybe somewhere in between, in the middle. I was definitely Rahab, for sure. Worst of the worst. I'm just saying it like it is. But you might not be there, but you're somewhere in between Abraham and Rahab, for sure. Okay? No matter where you're at, your faith uh, has the ability to change entire situations. Rahab saves her whole family. Abraham, he had a whole nation of the seed of Christ in his lineage. So, my question to you today, and I'm place to use with this, do you have a faith that works? No? Rahab's faith works. And I just, it wasn't about who else she was sleeping with. Isn't that wonderful? That's just wonderful. <coughs> Her faith works. Why? Because she had the spouse. She did what she was supposed to do. She believed God was in the end. And that was enough. And I've been gone. And you believe God. For a long time now. You will become your friend. You might be your only friend. But he'll be your friend. He'll tell you what he's going to do. Yeah. He wants you to help him. He doesn't need your help, but he wants your help. That's wonderful. It's wonderful to be a friend of God. It's wonderful to be Rahab, written in Scripture for ages to come. Not based on what she's done, based on who she's going to be. It's wonderful news. You don't have to work for anything. When you believe, you'll do great works for God. The Bible is all about people doing great works for God. But they didn't, they didn't receive righteousness because of their works. It's all their faith. Produce these works. God wants to work in your life. He wants you to give, give you a faith that does work. God is moving. He is working. He's been doing it. Anybody has to lay down some work. Lay down. Just today, Lord. Help us. Jesus. Thank you. 
whatever you need. Just, just like you to, in faith, think about what you need from God. Let His will for your life and what that looks like. be obedient to whatever you ask. Just like Abraham, knowing that your promises are yes and amen. Let's not be fearful and accomplish all the will that you have for our lives here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless y'all. You are dismissed. No, we got a uh,